Welcome back to the Two Fish Podcast. My name is Nick. I'm Aaron. And this week we're diving into a new book of the Bible, 1 John, and we're talking about walking in the light. That's right. This week we're going to 1 John, so get your Bibles out, open them up, and dive into chapter one with us. It is a short chapter, but we're going to try and uh, there's some good one-liners in here. Let's put it that way. Yeah, there's a lot. So for context, as we do this every time when we start a new book, for all intents and purposes, all scholars believe 1 John was written by the same John who wrote the Gospel of John. He's accredited with writing John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and then Revelation. And so this is a obviously a letter written to John to the Christian world. So let's just start as always. We're going to read as we go. And then when we come to a good spot, we're going to stop and just kind of talk about it and work our way through scripture together. So first John chapter one, verse one, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the father and was made manifest to us. So that first part, man, kind of feels a little jumbled here, but I'm going to turn in my Bible to the gospel of John uh, chapter one, verse one in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that has been made in him was life. Verse four. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and darkness has not overcome it. So when I read those two together, I I get a lot of similarities here. He's talking back to first John here, that which was from the beginning. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about Christ, which we have heard. Obviously, John walked with Christ. He was one of the apostles, one of the disciples that walked with Christ. And then it says, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And I think that even points to after the resurrection, you know, they even touched him when he came back to life to prove Jesus said, Hey, even touch me. I'm come back to life. And he, they, the apostles were there. John was there. So it's just one of those other things we talked about. in when we went through Peter's letters, first and second, Peter, Peter continued to say, Hey, I was there. You can trust me. I'm an apostle. I heard and saw everything that Jesus did. And I think John's trying to do a similar thing. He's reiterating what he said in the gospel of John, but then he's saying, Hey, I was there. I touched him. I heard him. Verse two, the life was made manifest. He's talking again, back to the gospel of John, the life, Jesus, he was made manifest. He came to earth. He read, he was died and resurrected to testify and to proclaim you the eternal life. No, it's really good. The one thing I, I would maybe, cause we talked about this in our last episode, we can't forget the beginning And I think maybe John was taking this back to the beginning, back to Adam and Eve. We can't forget the Old Testament. So I would say that in those two examples, he starts with the beginning. And I think he's going back to the beginning of time. Mm. And then we've had the opportunity to see Jesus. We've touched God. We've, We've done those things. But I think with at the beginning there, that which is from the beginning, that takes us all the way back to Adam and Eve and the creation of the world, yeah, and not just back to when Jesus came. Yeah, I like that. I mean, he's basically saying, again, what he said in the Gospel of John, 
in the beginning was Jesus. He was there in the beginning with God as they created. Yeah. Through the Old Testament, Jesus was always there. You can you can you read through the Old Testament, you can pick out Jesus a mile away. He's just constantly everything points to Jesus. Everything points to Jesus. And then he is made manifest. He comes to earth and the apostles actually got to touch him and to be there with him. How amazing would that have been? To realize. To realize. Yeah. And there's so many times I know I wish, I don't know if that's the right way to phrase that, but like I had that opportunity. And I think to a degree we do, we don't get to physically touch him, but I think we got the Holy Spirit. We got God yeah. in us and we don't tap into that enough Yeah, and don't realize how powerful that can be. And it can be the same thing as Jesus physically being beside us. Yeah. That, that same power exist. I've always thought about what that would be like to be there with Jesus like that, but I'd probably be like the disciples and be like, Hey, I'm going to need another sign. Right. I'm going to be like, are you sure? (laughs) Yeah. Verse three, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. My verse three starts out, we proclaim to you. So yours puts that proclaim a little later. I like it at the beginning. Uh, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. I think yours was, we have seen and heard, so we proclaim. Yeah. But this is, we proclaim we have seen and heard. Same thing, just different wording. Yeah. And we talked about this before. Even in our James study, these guys thought Jesus was coming back right away. The apostles thought he was coming back right away, and he didn't. And then at some point they realized, okay, we probably got the timing wrong. So what we need to do is we need to start writing letters, and we need to start doing things to preserve what he said in case we're wrong and in case it's later. And now obviously we have the 66 books of the Bible, which are all compiled together. So this is probably when what John is saying here. I'm going to start com- proclaiming what we saw and what we heard so that you too may have fellowship. So not just those that were there and that got to hear and touch Jesus. Their lives are completely miraculously. Some, some of them had miracles happen to themselves through Jesus because Jesus touched them. But there's going to be a future generation that needs to have heard this so that they can have fellowship. And that's where I think the salvation part comes into I'm going to write this down. This is how you become a Christ follower. This is what Jesus did and how he asked us to live and how he asked us to look at whether it be sin or other things and accepting Jesus. Eventually you're going to have fellowship with us because we're all a community of Christ followers and that not just with John and not with just with Peter, not with just with the apostles, but at the end of verse three with the father and with the son, Jesus Christ. I mean, our fellowship has to include them. Yeah. If it, I mean, what is fellowship without them? Without the Father. Without the Father and without the Son. Well, it's not Christianity, that's for sure. Right. At that point, you're just living your fleshly life and gathering with your friends, and you're likely not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, exactly. So the beginning section here, John again says, hey, Jesus, we're there at the beginning. Jesus was made manifest. He died and resurrected, and now we're proclaiming everything that he did. And we heard through him and one day together we'll be in community eternally with the father and with Jesus Christ. 
And that's basically the beginning intro, which I like as a contrast of maybe what Peter says uh, or James said in that study. James, a servant of God. John here doesn't quote himself, doesn't say who he is. He goes right back into preaching Jesus. Yeah. Which I think is a cool contrast between the other writers. Oh, that's an interesting point. You, most of the letters are opened up with, I am so-and-so. Yeah. Our Bible study the other day, we're in uh, Philippians, and one of the things I noticed with Paul, usually he opens up with something similar, I am Paul, slave to Jesus Christ. And, yeah. But the number of times in his opening chapters uh, that he points to Christ is pretty remarkable if you go through and look at him, just the number of times that happens. And I think John's doing kind of the same thing. He's just diving right into it at the beginning of this letter. This is the word of life yeah. um, as my heading reads. And as we go into this next heading, it's a, it's a so- short little section, but my heading is light and darkness, sin and forgiveness. Like those are deep subjects. Yeah. It's straight to the point. Straight to the point, and there's only six verses here. So John is just hammering it in. Here it is, black and white. This is what it is. It was here at the beginning. We touched him. We saw him, and we proclaim that all of these things happened. Yeah, as we're saying that, I kind of my first thought was, oh, well, maybe Peter was a little prideful in the fact. But then as I'm thinking through that, I don't think Peter and Paul and James, they were prideful about Hey, this is James. No. Look at this. I think they're saying, Hey, this is James that you can trust me because I was there. Right. This is Peter. We know Peter was there with Jesus. It's just an introduction of, okay, we can trust this source. Yep. So I'm, I'm curious as to why John didn't put that in this, but like you said, he gets right to the meat. Yeah. It's Jesus. And then we're going to talk about sin. So let's go verse five here. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. And if that isn't like to the point, yeah, I don't know what is. Yeah. But this is the message they have heard. So the message from God, and you can take that back to the Old Testament. And obviously the New Testament, this is what those guys walked with. This is what they saw Jesus do. And God has no darkness in him. Yeah, Jesus walked this earth and did not sin. He was tempted by the devil. He was criticized by the the Pharisees and the leaders of the world and ultimately um, killed by them. And not once did Jesus sin. And even when the moment came and it was Peter, reactionary Peter, cut off his ear. Jesus picked up that guy's ear yeah. and stuck it back on. What a good example of loving your neighbor yeah. or praying for your loving your enemies and praying for those persecuted. He literally put the ear back on. I yep. love that. As as we're reading there, let's just for a simplified way, when we use the word darkness, let's instead substitute that with sin. Okay, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is the light and in him there is no sin at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in sin, we lie and do not practice the truth. I I don't know. I should Maybe I should have looked this up. I don't know what the actual Greek or Hebrew or whatever, um, how this was written, that word darkness. That's where I think John is trying to go here is, hey, there's no sin with God. God doesn't accept sin. He doesn't love sin. He hates sin. And if 
If you say you have fellowship with him, yet you're living a life of sin, you're lying to yourself. Or this isn't the fellowship God wants with you, that's for sure. So I can't confirm, and maybe next week we'll talk about this, but I can't confirm that that's what darkness means in this context. The Bible constantly talks about the devil as being dark, the darkness and sin and darkness, and and God is the light. We're using what we're doing is we're using uh, two extremes. We're saying light and darkness. God is light, sin and evil is darkness, obviously. And within that, you can't have both. There's either a light on shining through the darkness, or there's darkness. I'm gonna say there's always a little bit of light. You can always find the light. No matter where you're at in life right now and whatever darkness you may be walking in, there is a way out of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Jesus provides the way, and that that is the light shining into that darkness. It can be hard to find. Yeah. It is there, but God and Jesus would not have any darkness within them. There is no sin. There is no evil. There is no unseen rulers or anything like that whispering in their ears. In a couple of verses, I think we'll get to, hey, here's how to do that. Here's how to find that light. Here's how to get to that light away from the darkness. But let's move on here. Verse seven. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. So there, verse seven, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, as God is in the light as Jesus is in the light. If we're walking in the light, we don't have the darkness. We don't have sin. We're living a Christ following way. Not to say we're never going to screw up because of the blood of Jesus. His son cleanses us from all sin. That's that grace thing we've talked about before on the show. That's that Jesus came to earth and died for us so that we could have that relationship. We just need to try our best to stay out of the darkness, to stay away from the darkness, stay in the light with Christ. So I, just because I just went through this on Monday night with the Bible study group, um, Paul writes something similar in, in Philippians uh, chapter 1, verse 27. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, worthy of that truth, right? The truth that Christ brought. But goes on then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Like that, that's, I think, very similar to what John is saying here. Like we got to walk in the light. We got to stay on that narrow path and we can't go in the darkness. And if we stay in the path of Christ and the truth and the gospel, the road that Jesus paves for us, We're not going to get consumed by the darkness. Yeah. Here's how we do this. We're never going to be perfect. There is no righteous, no, not one. Jesus was the only righteous, fully righteous person, but we're called to live holy. And I think this is how we do that. Here's how we stay on the path without jumping off the darkness. Verse nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And that's such an amazing tool for sharing the gospel. That's such an amazing way that John uses to describe how we can return to relationship with God. Because while we may be Christ followers, there are seasons in our lives where we're not on fire, let's say, or we're not 
daily or weekly or monthly in the word or we're not studying, it's not our priority. And I think if we confess those sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us, forgive us of those times that we're not with him. And I think this is such a great way to share the gospel with someone who doesn't know, hey, how do I do this? How do I become a Christ follower? Well, you got to confess your sins. And I think I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think this is where a lot of times the modern day church, the modern day Christian maybe doesn't understand we've downplayed sin. Sin is sin. Definitely. Sin is sin, whether it's murder, whether it's hate, whether it's stealing, whether it's whatever it is, whether it's a little white lie, it's darkness. And we just said, God cannot be with darkness. God is not darkness. So what do we need to do? We need to confess those sins. If we're downplaying those sins to where the point is, eh, it's just a mistake, let's say. We're downplaying it to where it's not a big deal. It was just a little white lie. Right. Yeah, we didn't want to hurt that person's feelings. So we said a little white lie. But there was, A, probably another way we could have done it without needing to lie, without needing to sin. We need to confess those sins. We need to have a repentant heart for those sins. He is, the Bible says here, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. There's that hope. There's that we're in the darkness. We need to reach for the light. That's how you do it. Yeah, because in darkness, you're sinning. You have to come clean of that. Whatever those fleshly desires are, you got to die to them. And you got to continually die to them. Sometimes it's that constant thorn in your side, right? But yeah. continually come back to I'd say come back to this verse. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. But the first step is confess your sins. I even like how it's if we confess. That's telling me that we're going to fail at this at times. Well, that's telling me it's an action. Yeah. You need to do this. Then he will fulfill his promises. We don't take this to heart enough inside the church, outside the church. I don't think we stand close enough to our brothers and our sisters and confess our sins and hold each other accountable enough. We all want to uh, be an individual warrior and we just can't do it on our own. And part of the confessing of our sins to our brothers and sister brings upon that guilt If you just constantly do this, like, yes, you have to do it to God, but you also have to confess to those that you sinned against. It's not just you and God all the time, because that brings on that accountability, the guilt that comes with it, and you're not going to want to feel that again. Yeah. So it's going to help you walk into the lightness more. But if you don't do this, you have a tendency to stick around in the darkness because you you don't bring on that accountability. That's a huge part of this walk is being able to hold yourself accountable, and that's hard to do on your own. This is something I've thought about before, and I think it's 100% true, is we lose the battle in our minds. We lose the battle in our minds because we're the only one there. Yeah. So if I, I, I can feel guilty about my sin, but if I just keep it to myself— I'm going to lose that battle in my mind. Eventually, that guilt, I'm going to start suppressing that guilt in my mind. And eventually, like I talked about a second ago, I'm going to start downplaying it. We're going to start downplaying sin. Well, that's not that bad. It's not that bad. I lose that battle in my mind. Whereas if I go to Aaron and say, Aaron, I am struggling with this. 
I've taken it out. I, I said it out loud. You know about it now. So you can keep me accountable. And like you were saying, it brings about, it's a totally different feeling. The, that guilt feeling inside of us is totally different when we say it out loud and then we have accountability for it. Cause now you can come to me and say, Hey, how are you doing? And man, I screwed up again. I feel guilty about that. I'm confessing that to you because you become accountable. You become right. an accountability thing. That's why studying scripture the way we do together, find a group, get a group of guys, get a group of ladies and do what we're doing here on the podcast together. It brings about accountability. It brings about that confession. As you're reading through scripture, you're going to find stuff. You'll read it a hundred times and the hundred and one time you'll read it differently because of your circumstance, because of the season in your life and it'll click. Right. The Holy Spirit knows when you need to hear it the way you need to hear it. And you're doing it together and you have that, oh man, I did not realize anger was how James describes it. I can confess here as we're reading through the scripture to Aaron, I struggle with anger and now I have accountability. And when he sees me get angry, he's going to say, oh, whoa, chill. Now he won't always do that because sometimes it's, it, it's, it's for a good reason, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, but seriously, <laughs> it, it it takes the battle out of your mind and makes it an actual fight where people can get beside you. It's that confession of sins. And when we confess that, he is faithful and just to forgive us. And forgiveness is a great feeling, whether you're giving it or receiving it. Yeah. Verse 10, again, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So there you go. Like we said before, if you can honestly sit here and say, no, I don't sin. A, you probably don't know the definition of sin. Right. And B, his word is not with us. He, we're, you're probably not a Christ follower. You might re- need to reevaluate. Yeah, I would say if you're going to sit here and tell me you haven't sinned and you don't sin, I would question if you are a Christ follower. <laughs> like, Because we all, we all fall short of, of God's glorious plan for us. And I take it back to when you call it training your kids, right? They don't turn into a, a toddler and immediately know not to go under the kitchen sink and get out the comment because that's going to make them sick. You have to train them to do that, not do that. You have to teach them right from wrong, and, and that's what God's doing to us. And it's a continual learning process. And if you're going to sit there like verse 10 and say, ah, I have no sin, one, you're probably not going to grow anymore. Two, you're probably not really a Christ follower. Yeah. Or three, you're about to die <laughs> because you're. that's the only way you're not going to be yeah. walking in sin is you're headed to heaven. Yeah. No, I like it. I think, like you said at the beginning of this, there's a lot of good one-liners. There's a lot of good tools, the, the, the helping preach the gospel. John lays it out here. This is who Jesus was. This is how... We do fellowship with the Father and with Jesus Christ, and then he lays it out, and he says, God is light, and darkness is sin, and you need to try to stay away from sin. So I think this week, maybe reflect on your own life. A, have you downplayed sin in your life? Do you understand reading through this that God is light, and in him there is no darkness? So are, are you downplaying some of your sin? Are you downplaying some of your darkness? And if you think you don't have any, Man, maybe reflect this week and say, Lord, am I even in relationship and fellowship with you? That's a challenging week right there. It is. So good luck to you, Two Fish community. Thanks once again for tuning in. 
Thanks for tuning in this week. If you enjoyed this episode, hit those like and subscribe buttons. Also head over to twofishpodcast.com to join the rest of the Two Fish community and all of our social media platforms.